Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and I am your host of The Third Degree with James Major Burns. And before we get into this next episode, I have a few things I have to say. Yes, so there are a few technical difficulties. I am learning how to work this equipment, you guys, so please bear with me before I start spending all of this cash on equipment that I don't know how to use. I'm going to use the equipment I do have and learn how to use that. You feel me? So, like I said, there's a few difficult um, technical difficulties with the first 15 minutes. I was supposed to do some little funny commercial things and advertisements in between. So you'll hear me say, hey, we'll be right back. And then, hey, we're back with nothing in between. So I just wanted to let you know about that, a few difficulties. But again, this is a journey for me and you all. So get ready to take it. And again, this is The Third Degree with James Major. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Third Degree with James Major Burns. And I am your host, James Major Burns. I'm very pleased to be here in this new atmosphere. This is a brand new podcast. Some of you may know me from Three and a Half Gays, a podcast that I did with some friends about a year ago. We have moved on to new things, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody is doing their own things in their own successful way. But today, I am here to present to you this new outlet and platform for myself and others to express themselves. And it mainly will be an outlet for myself to speak on things in my life and in our world. Again, this platform will be a self for self-expression. I'll be in the driver's seat and you get to see how a creative mind works. And this will be a place to share, learn, and laugh. Woo! I know y'all heard me stuttering a little bit, trying to be very... Um, you know, proper, proper. But anyways, I'm going to just let everyone know I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, but I was nervous to do it by myself. And I ended up getting into doing several different podcasts, trying to, again, you know, being too nervous to do it on my own. So I felt like if I did it with other people, I'd be more comfortable. But that always doesn't work out when you have a bunch of creative minds. So here I am on my own. And we are getting ready to learn more about each other today. So, I'm going to introduce my first guest from Youngstown, Ohio, Mr. Joseph Napier. I love you, baby. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> I do want to get one of those little things so I can have the crowd goes wild. Yes, yes, yes. So how are you today, Joseph? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad that you agreed because everyone did it. But no, seriously. And Joseph also goes by Joe, but Joseph is actually one of my favorite names because of Michael Joseph Jackson and his father, the late Joseph Jackson. So do you prefer Joe or Joseph? I mean, um, when it gets to Joseph, you, you really got to like, you know, we have like some type of bond. You know what I mean? So Joseph is really cool between me and you, but like average people I meet on the day, like it's just Joe. Well, why is it that, um, cause I've heard people say that before. I've actually heard people um, say, uh, call me by my nickname, only, you know, close people call me by my real name. Mm -hmm. And my question is, what? well, 
it's your first name. But again, I understand people, you can tell somebody to call you whatever you want to call you, but it's your first name. So why did that become, or when, how did you turn that into something that became a symbolism of how close you were to someone? It was just like, <clears throat> specifically like when I like entered college, I spent so much time away from my mom. And then like going back home and her being the only one who really called me Joseph. Because in college, you like make a lot of um, new relationships. And um, most of the people back in college would call me Joe. Right. So I was like, I knew this is like a distinction. It's a separation. So I feel like in, in families, the nickname is the separation. But your, your name's Joseph, so Joe is like a common, uh, a common nickname. Because you got some names. Like my brother's nickname is Albie. And you want to know what? <laughs> it took me all until, I swear to God, this week to realize. I was like, I always thought he was like this uh, rare person with this rare nickname, Albie. And then I was just thinking about it, looking at a picture of Diddy's kids. And I was like, oh, Quincy. And I was like, oh, his dad's name. I'm, I'm like, he looked just like his dad, you know, Albie Shore. And then I was like, oh, that's where my mom got my brother's nickname. And we're almost 30. So it took me almost 30 years to realize that. All right, Joseph, so I brought you here because you're a fellow creative mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the city doing some things to push yourself Absolutely. to the next level. Mm -hmm. And again, one of the reasons I brought you here because with you pushing yourself, I see you pushing others and you have pushed me also to think more, to level up, mm -hmm. to be more business oriented. So I wanted to bring you on so we can just have that kind of discussion. First of all, tell us about the Youngstown Creative Collective. Absolutely. Um, Youngstown Creative Collective started off like three years ago. Um, May 19th would be like our third year anniversary, but just basically it started off with us being intentional. Um, us having the mindset that uh, we all do different things. We all can help each other in different ways and we can like possibly change our neighborhoods. Um, so when we had that mindset, we started off just like saying, hey, let's meet up, let's have fun, let's drink a little bit, <laughs> loosen up and try to build some like real strong relationships. Yeah, see, and <laughs> this is probably gonna sound bad because of course I'm gonna talk like about the alcohol. I feel like there's nothing wrong with meeting up and having a little a little drink, you know, mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. wine. No one's saying come in and just take, you know, shots all around. Right. But I definitely feel like the wine is the thing that winds you down to get there to be able to express yourself, but not even express yourself to feel the atmosphere a little bit. Absolutely. Take a little bit of the edge off. Absolutely. Um, you have a lot of musicians back in the day uh, turn to like different, you know, things to kind of take that edge off and bring that, bring out that creativity. So. Um, that's all we try to do um, the first year. We're looking to build upon that. All right, so you do have some events coming up. Mm -hmm. I see you're doing the art show mm -hmm. again. Absolutely. Um, last year we did an uh, art show kind of based upon the diaspora or just like African-American culture in general. We named it Melanin Popping, um, just to give significance to um, black and brown people, period. Um, we had about four to five artists submit paintings and things that they felt represented that. 
So we're looking to build upon that this year, um, 4th of July weekend. So will this be Melanin Poppin' Point <laughs> 2 or 2.0? 2.0. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say so because we want to um, just keep it open. Um, we have different ideas where we could, like, take themes to um, in the future. But uh, Melanin Poppin' just, like, uh, opening interpretation to your experience, your uh, African-American experience, period, through art. So, with melanin popping, are those with not so much melanin able to enter and show their art as well? Uh, absolutely. We uh, definitely see different uh, art exhibits or art shows that incorporate, you know, uh, other artists of different skin hues. Um, I, I like that one. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, people show appreciation towards uh Black and African American culture on a uh, daily basis, whether it's um, through hip hop, um, whether it's through uh, writers. Uh, so we do not exclude. We just want people to have the same mindset when coming into the space that this is for, you know, basically keeping the uh, mindset on African American culture. They can come in and say, hey, I want to sell this stuff as well. Right. But the purpose or the theme will be the African-American culture. Absolutely. So while we're on the topic of melanin popping, and I don't want to, we don't have to get all the way, dive all the way in, mm-hmm. but since you are a brother yeah. of elevated <laughs> melanin. Put some bass in it, yeah. Right, a brother uh, with elevated melanin. <laughs> and we're, we're brown skin people. Absolutely. So again, there are different skin hues. Mm-hmm. And yours is on the darker end of the spectrum mm-hmm. than mine. So even though we face some of the same experiences, you've faced different experiences mm-hmm. for being darker. Mm-hmm. Darker. So I've heard women talk about um, melanin popping being like a good um, a trend now, basically. Like, yeah. you know, back when I was young. But I haven't heard men talk about it because we all know when growing up, if you were dark, skin it was um, (laughs) very negative so when did you recognize melanin popping becoming a trend and see the difference in maybe the way people treated you Hmm, that's a or express themselves like when did the joke stop about being so dark skin absolutely Um, well I I can't remember but uh, exactly but when I was younger I, I actually, like, got darker as I got older. <laughs> so, like, um, your skin complexion now, I was like that, like, when I was four or five years old. But I remember I came back from Georgia. <laughs> this was one summer, and my cousin, like, Joey, you black as hell. <laughs> I was like, and I was, like, 12 years old. I didn't really, like, identify as, like, dark-skinned at all. I was just like, okay. That made me feel some type of way. Um, but as I got older, I went to high school at Youngstown Christian. That wasn't really something that was brought up a lot. Um, I played sports, so I didn't really have to, like, identify as dark skin, all like that. But, um, I would say so, like, in grade school, middle school, a lot of people would tell jokes, boom, boom, boom. But, um, as I got to college, uh, I went through this program called STARS, and, um, it, focused on uh, 
I wouldn't say low income, but like people who are looking to give people uh, opportunities. So I took summer classes. Uh, I was with a group of um, 24 to 25 other students from across the like different areas. And we were all from different backgrounds. And that put us in a um, space where we learned about Pan-African studies. And we learned about, um, you know, colorism and stuff like that. We, we had writing classes that dealt with those type, type of issues and stuff like that. So that was a real opportunity for me to um, kind of open my mind to what, you know, colorism, what African, um, you know, the idea of being African really was about in the first place. So it sounds like you didn't really deal with being bashed or talked down upon mm -hmm. for being dark skin, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Right, right. Because I know I had cousins or, you know, where their parents would even joke around, joke, you know, yeah. lightly joke about one child being dark skin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're younger, don't pay attention to it. Then getting older and then seeing the transformation from this thing being looked at as a negative, like natural hair, like wearing your natural hair, to something that's a positive trend now that Absolutely. people try to do or people want to be darker now. For a little mm -hmm. bit, I felt like I was like, I wish I was more dark skin. I, <laughs> I did because I was like, well, it's this. It may, I felt like I was feeling more, Af I would feel more African or yeah. feel closer, you know, be more empowered as a black person to have darker skin because that's sure. what people were looking into at the moment. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a little break, you guys, and we're going to have some advertisements and we'll be right back. Thank you. All right, you cool cats and dogs, we're back with Joseph Napier. I've always wanted to say you cool cats and dogs on, <laughs> on the radio or on the microphone. For sure. From the old shows like Grease. Mm -hmm. So let's get back into the conversation. We were talking about different skin hues. I, I loved how you put that. I will be saying that for about a couple of weeks. Okay. So you didn't really experience a lot of, I don't want to say hate, but a lot of back and forth about your complexion growing up. Mm -hmm. Now that is good. So now again, with the trends and everything happening, do you, you find yourself being more attracted to dark-skinned women or women with natural hair than you might have been before? Were you one of those guys that thought dark-skinned women were unattractive and noticed you changed with the trend? Man, um, this is deep. Uh, per se, no. I just gravitated to, you know, what I was attracted to kind of like, I wouldn't say unconscious. Yeah, unconsciously. Right. So my mom is light skinned. So I always had this idea <laughs> in the back of my head, like, is this really my mom? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just like, um, my mom was everything to me. She poured her whole heart in, into me, um, gave me, you know, everything I needed. So that's kind of, you know, what I was attracted to, light skinned. You That's know. funny because that just made me think of the women that I've been attracted to, uh -huh. the very few that I have been. Yeah. But I'm like, ooh, <laughs> hold on, my mom was light-skinned too. Yeah, yeah. And now I was like, wait, I found myself being attracted to these other women who have traits that definitely remind me of my mom. And maybe being light-skinned was one of them. Mm -hmm. But I, I know for me, not even, it doesn't even have to be attraction, but I just know when I'm 
I was getting older and I did the show called The Color Museum and it was a satire show and was in your face about things like racism, colorism, and other things that black people had to deal with. Yep. And one of the scenes was called Hair Piece mm -hmm. and it had um, two wigs that came to life wow. and a person in the middle, a woman, black woman, getting ready to go out on a date. Yep. She had a straight wig mm -hmm. and she had the Afro, Afro wig. Yeah. Now, um, they both have, you know, what they dis, um, distinct as black names, uh -huh. but the one wig again was the straight wig, curly wig, and they were arguing over who they should um, should wear, mm -hmm. and that just made me think about um, the conversation of straight and curly hair. And I actually had a conversation with some of my female friends about it, and one of my um, friends was talking about growing up being a dark skinned girl with curly hair and, mm -hmm. and how she thought she was ugly. But as she was saying it, she was saying it like it was nothing. She was like, Yeah, I used to think I was ugly and had nappy hair. Mm -hmm. But when she said it, I was just, I felt like, I was like, Wow, I can't believe we have been conditioned this long. And I know growing up, we were friends. I made jokes about her being for dark sure, skinned sure. and having curly, but calling it nappy hair. So it just made me feel like, really bad at the time and her she's like it's just water off a duck's back now but mm -hmm. um i'm glad it's become a trend that way well, not like a trend but i'm glad that it's in people's faces though that way we can think about it in a different way now yes so we can cherish um things about us because right now everybody loves it but when everybody stops loving it we need to continue to love it absolutely, absolutely. because you know unconsciously things are taught to us like i said in the back of my mind, I was just always saying little jokes like that. Mm -hmm. And getting older, closer to 30 than 20. <laughs> Lord, my back hurt thinking about it. Yeah. But you definitely realize a lot of things like that. And you get yep. more relaxed. And I know I'm only, I'll be 30 next year, but mm -hmm. it's, it's such an eye opener. And you really do get wise and you do really calm down. And I'm like, why couldn't I have been a little smarter in my early 20s? Why does this have to come so late in life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, just going through the experience I did of it being my first summer of college, I felt like I had a head start. Um, just looking at, you know, the makeup of a college campus and you being kind of like a minority um, in a sense, because going back to high school, you probably um, either half and half or predominantly black. Right. You can go to a, a publicly white institution, you'd be like, whoa, we sprinkles on a big scoop of vanilla ice cream. Right, it's just two of us in this class of 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't experienced this since the first grade. Right, so you really appreciate, appreciate your identity and, you know, your culture. All right, so let's get back to the creative collective. Mm -hmm. The art show is happening. Yes. Is there anything else that you have planned that you can come, coming up that you could tell us about? <clears throat> well, it, well in, in regards to the art show, we want to take it up you know, to a different notch. Um, we traveled, like, to different cities just, like, to catch a vibe and see, like, some things we can, like, learn from and incorporate. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I did see that, mm -hmm. and um, it was... I, I wanted to bring that up, so I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? We went to Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> it was a lot of beautiful artwork that I saw on your social media. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, where, they, where are they right now? Yeah. It made me want to go there and see it. Yeah. And with certain artwork, it, you can just feel it. Mm -hmm. And there's, always, there's a story behind it. And that's what I love about, I love about interpretation because yep. somebody's story can be in black and white on the page, but right. 
and you can look at it or the photo and it can just transfer to what's going on in your, on in your life. Mm-hmm. So you were in Detroit for how long? Um, probably like two days. Yeah, two days. So did you go up there just to go and explore or was there any specific events you were going to? Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, day one, um, it was strictly business. We, um, me and Autumn, uh, Ellis, we went to uh, Trap Art, which is a art experience birthed out of Oakland. Um, they really tap into the music side and music and hip hop influence when it comes to the arts. So uh, we went up there. It was like a DJ, a host. It had like a party atmosphere, but art was like the centerpiece of it. And that's something you don't like see on the regular um, in art shows or art um, museums around here. Um, the closest thing I could like point to is First Fridays up at um, the Cleveland Museum of Art. So that's something we really um, were was spitting and it caught our eye. So we wanted to go see it for ourselves. And how many people do you think were in this event or at this event? Um, it was it had two elements to it. So um, on one side you had art vendors, people who were displaying the art. I would say it was close to thirty people, like strong artists displaying their art. Any live art going on while you're there? Absolutely. We had they had people uh, getting tattooed <laughs> at this event. They had people um, using nail polish. Um, to, you know, kind of draw a mural on, like, glass, plexiglass. They had, um, like, some dude uh, highlighting, like, um, like uh, a painting he had did previous. So it was, it was jumping. It was so like what was the energy vibe. like in the room? Uh, it, it, was, it was trap. Like, loud bass bumping, um, them old uh, Atlanta tunes we used to, like, rock to. During the uh, like you know high school years, right, right, right. <laughs> like uh, what's what's it's something about the some throwback jams that yeah. makes the scene. It's like all right, if I would have walked up in here and they had this song from 2018, it's like almost walking back into 2008 yeah. or um, 2009. It's a whole moment like out of history that, and that's what I like that um, music does. But that's what I, again, that's what I like that art does, and the creative minds can escape. And yep. speaking of escape, um, this is another thing I learned uh, in the last few years. The singing group escape, that's why they they call themselves that because that was their escape from reality. Oh, wow. T- and it was through music, and they named their singing group escape. Absolutely. Absolutely. So were you able to speak with anybody who was in charge down there? Um, we were trying to scratch the surface on that. Um, I think it was the host. He was from Oakland and the DJ. But um, it now Oakland, it, California. Yeah, they okay, came all the way to sure. yeah they came all the way to Detroit to like kind of you know run it. But um, basically, they had Detroit um, artists um, f- fulfilling like different roles and stuff. They had like a body paint exhibit segment. So it's kind of really hard to see who was like taking the reins. But it it all came together. There might have been you know several people in charge of different sections and they mm-hmm. just were all on one accord. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it felt like it was so much love um, amongst artists. It wasn't like, it wasn't no like, oh, I don't know them, so I'm not going to like go over and talk to them. It was like everybody trying to like fellowship, um, support one another. Uh, we talked to this one girl. Um, I think she went to Saginaw State and she was just basically 
throwing out information, how to get how to get your prints printed. Um, if you <laughs> looking to like sell prints, um, do this, not that. And this is right on the spot. This is somebody we just met. So, do you know how often they have events like this? Um, as far as um, trap art, they do different events in different cities. It's like a tour. So um, I guess it's, it would be annually for like different cities, but um, in regards to Oakland period, I think they do like once or twice a month. Okay. Yeah. So question, I saw that you had posted um, something online about calling all artists. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to find artists? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'll put it like this for creatives period. Um, I would say in regards to Youngstown, uh, there's like different like niches or niches or I don't really know how to pronounce it right All of now. the above. Yeah. Depending on who you are and what side of town you live on. So you definitely have the, the like the niche uh, crowds but in regards to music it's really prevalent in Youngstown. So if you put out a thing uh, that says calling all artists you have a lot of people like dropping their um, mp3s and, and links and stuff like that but when um, you think a artist it you know originates from people who paint People right. do sculptures, all that type of stuff. Right. And I've always wondered how you describe them differently mm -hmm. by using this one word. Yeah, for because sure. Because I know, I probably thought the first time you put it up, like calling our artists, I was like, oh, and you know, also, people don't read. <laughs> they say calling our artists, period, drops mm -hmm. link. <laughs> Not calling our artists for live artwork, painting, writing. Yeah. No, they're like, nah, I'm an artist. Let me go ahead and drop my link. This is fire. Right. And even in that sense, you kind of feel, you know, the word artist being diluted <laughs> in yeah. a sense. And when it initially stood for something and now someone's taking it and mm -hmm. making it into something else. Right. So with that being said, with the very few artists that you do find, how do you... Um, Shout out to the stage work going on at the Youngstown Playhouse. <laughs> With the artists that you do find, how do you bring them back in to be excited to work on or show show their work? Absolutely, um, that's a good question. So we looking we look to do things on a consistent basis. Um, you know, just try to build that community. Uh, when we do that, we offer you know different things maybe we could travel to different places together and experience new things learn new things i was gonna say it might be cool for them to be able to go out and experience something like that mm -hmm. just we were having a conversation me trey and michaela mm -hmm. about having just something tangible to experience to excite the mind mm -hmm. just going there and knowing that hey i didn't know that me doing art like this would be able to take me to this, because sometimes people don't know. It's like when you go and you get a degree, mm -hmm. your degree might be in accounting, but you can get a job in like 80 other things. Man, absolutely. And that's the same with artwork. Mm -hmm. It might not just be necessarily drawing a picture and selling it to somebody. It mm -hmm. might be creating a design, creating a logo for a television show yeah. that you don't have to paint every day to make a living off of. Absolutely. That's what I try to tell our friends, our musicians, like, hey, you're a singer, but you're also a singer who can dance, can act, can write, mm -hmm. can help with direction. So yep. use those other outlets. Um, discover 
you, you have your expertise at something, but then you're also a novice at this, you're an intermediate at this. So figure out those other sets of skills that you have and work on them too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a strong point. Um, I teach in Youngstown City Schools and my n number one thing, um, you know, talking with kids is do not eliminate your options. Um, if you're sitting in a, in a science class, do not turn off the off switch if you're not interested in science because that science can be applied to multiple aspects of your life. So just look to, you know, keep your options open. Yes, because you don't want to be the one, it's like being your biggest critic, your own saboteur. You don't want to be the one cutting yourself at the feet in a race yes. before it even started and, and you're doing it to yourself. Yep. You defeat yourself before you even get to the starting line. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to be asking Joseph some questions in our lightning speed round. And that's, <laughs> and that's on life, whatever, whatever's going on up there. Did he like and we're back. I'm loving just being able to say all of this stuff. <laughs> and we're back in three, two, clear. No, but so we're back and we're going to just ask Joseph some questions so we can learn some things about him. And I'll share some about my, myself also so he doesn't feel alone. Mm -hmm. So it's only Monday, but for like the last week, what's been like your song of the week, the song that you've been listening to the most? Mm. <laughs> I, the song that popped into my head was Middle Child by J. Cole. And that's just something like every time I, I'm like, um, on like listen to the radio, I just turn up regardless. But I know it's another song out there, but that's the one that just popped in my head. I oh, know it's nothing wrong with that. See, J. Cole, he was, I'm, I'm like three weeks removed yeah. from, from Middle Child. Yeah. Because that was my jam. And it has me very excited for whatever the next work is yeah i'm definitely going to dreamville fest next year by myself by yourself no matter what <laughs> so is there an album of a particular person that you've been listening to for um, this last week shoot well just to you know say another song or the the baby his his uh album who is the baby the baby is from charlotte north carolina not to be f confused with any other rapper from North Carolina. He's from Charlotte. Uh, he just dropped his, uh, you know, um, piece, um, body of work, whatever you want to call it, like a month ago. And it's just like he got hit after hit. He's a rapper? Yeah. We're going to have to check him out. Da Baby. Is da Baby, not Little Baby. B-A-B-Y? Yeah. Da Baby, ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen <laughs> da Baby. Yep. Well, let me tell you who I've been working with for this last week. So I've been messing with Lizzo. I don't know if you heard of Lizzo yet, L-I-Z-Z-O. Mm -hmm. But she has a very good album. So my song of the week is actually a song she has called Like a Girl. Okay. And I just feel like it's... um. It's an anthem for women, but just listening, for me listening to it, it just, to me, it just says, be proud of who you are, mm -hmm. and period. So it's the part in the song that says, um, I throw it, I throw it like a girl. Like she's talking about throwing the hundreds in there. Like mm -hmm. I throw like a girl, which can be used as um, a bad term. Like, oh, you throw like a girl, or anything like a girl can kind of be used as a bad term. True, so true, I feel true. like this song is making it a positive way. But you know how you listen to a song and you can hear some lyrics, but you ever get to listen to like every word the person is saying? So I realized how much of an ally she is for like the LGBT mm -hmm. community. Yep. And 
One of the parts of the song, and I'm just putting this together myself, this is what I think. It says, if she's like, so if you cry like a girl, if you feel like a girl, like do your thing for the, for the whole damn world. Mm -hmm. So that feel like a girl part made me think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that an inclusion for transgender women? Mm -hmm. And again, she's an ally for the community. So, but, and even though I'm not a trans woman, it just, I was just like, that's just so good to hear for whoever that person is Absolutely. because they could be dealing with whatever they're feeling with on, on the inside. And I know for when songs speak to me, yep. it just makes me feel better. So I was, I was just so happy for whoever the person was like literally had a smile on my face. I was just like, wow, that's just so good for somebody like her to have her music telling somebody like, you know, if this is how you feel. I didn't mean to slap. <laughs> it got, we got hype. It got real. It just got real. But she's just, she's just like, if that's how you feel, do you, yeah. do you, boo boo. You're right. And then her album, cause I love you. It is so nice. Okay. It's disco. It's funk. Hmm. It's R&B. She got a song with Missy Elliott, Gucci Mane. Yeah. And I had recently heard discover her on RuPaul's Drag Race a couple years back. Okay. And I loved her then. I fell in love with one of her songs, and then I fell in love with one of her old albums, Coconut Oil. Mm -hmm. And then, Cause I Love You just came out. And I can't stop, I couldn't even get through the whole album because the first four songs was just like rocking so hard. Yeah. Her lead single is called Juice. Okay. Please listen to it. Go out and see her performing live on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, what's the other guy's name? Not Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, it's another guy. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yeah, both of their names are Jimmy. I think so. I, I think it is. It's, but it's Jimmy, you Jimmy know. Kimmel and Fallon. But she's been performing, and she plays the flute. And she's a beast. Wow. She, like, plays the flute and twerk. That's one of her things. <laughs> but she's amazing. That's crazy. All right, so we're going to ask you some questions. All right. So you just give an answer mm -hmm. quickly. All right. And then we can go back and discuss why. Boom. You ready? Yeah. All right. This is a question of who's the greatest. Okay. Flat out. Period. Do, do you just give me an answer or we'll go back and discuss why. Okay? Oh. Briefly. Right. Kobe. Uh, how you know it was about basketball? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard greatest. I was like, Kobe. Period. <laughs> okay, so who's the greatest, Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> Kobe. Kobe. Serena or Federer? Serena. Freddie or Jason? Uh, Jason. Olivia Pope or Annalise Keating? Uh, Olivia Pope. Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse? Uh, Bugs. I like Bugs. Bugs? Yeah. So that was just a quick little lightning round of just fun questions that I was thinking about. Yeah. So I said, who's the greatest, Jordan or LeBron? And you said Kobe. Why Kobe? It's just like with Kobe, I just feel like he's somebody who really pays attention to the details. Um, Jordan, just like seeing how his career played out, he was a winner. And I, I admire that about him, but uh, Kobe like took what Jordan did to the next level. And like re really like, you know, yeah, I, I would say so because I think it's more pressure on the person coming up behind Jordan to like, you know, be successful, like, be something that can Being really so like, similar yeah as a player yeah absolutely so i feel like um kobe was a great player and i'm not gonna say that he isn't greater but mm -hmm. um 
I didn't really get to see Jordan play live. Okay. And it's hard for me to watch a bunch of film <laughs> and then compare it to somebody I watched live right. for 12 plus years. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something like when you see, like, w- in regards to just, like, playoff moments, and you know the specific moments, like, where Jordan executed and came through, and you could, like, s- like watch it and just hear the commentating. Um, I don't know if it was, on, like, on NBC, but it's just, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, <laughs> right. And it's, like, the discussion always jumps over Kobe because they feel, well, people have said Kobe is just a, like, a mock version of Jordan, and mm-hmm. if they're going to have a Jordan, they're just going to pick Jordan. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Well, I would say Kobe, like, really, like, let people know who was in the NBA that this is how you do it. Um, Kobe was, like, a blueprint um, as far as, like... And you don't think he got his blueprint from Jordan? I, and I, it's hard to say that he, like, it's hard to say that he didn't, but I don't think Jordan handed it to him. It wasn't, like, something that was like, hey, this is my, my mentor or this is my mentee. Um, this is somebody I've, I've been coaching. So when coaching. you say handed it to him, you mean like the league? I, no, not the league. I would just say I would just just say like that that pursuit of greatness. Um, like Jordan, you know, you, you see like the different clips and he be making fun of people. He, it's not like he is a friendly friendly guy, um, so to speak. So it's like something Kobe had to really like I grasp like on Kobe his own. Kobe was the same way though. I felt like Kobe. Right. I feel like Jordan was very arrogant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and confident, but I feel like so was Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. Also. But I do feel like he worked. Hard. He was definitely my favorite player mm-hmm. for um, a lot of years. And I really haven't watched basketball that much since he left. And I definitely ain't been watching a playoff since LeBron isn't in it. <laughs> but, okay, so Serena or Federer, why'd you say Serena? I say Serena because I, I just, like, I, I, I feel more connected to her story. Uh, just, like, from when her and Venus were, like, you know, basically teenagers coming up, Maybe. coached by their pops. Um, who basically picked up the game by, you know... Reading a book. Reading, yeah. He read a book and he said, I'm going to make my daughters the number one and two <laughs> players in the world. And did. From straight out of Compton. And that's Legit, real. like literally. And that's real. Like, and that's something I can, like, really, you know, just my heart swells when I, like, see them. Um, not just Serena, but um, Venus, oh, Venus as well. Venus too. Because people forget how Venus paved the way mm-hmm. for Serena. And Serena always thanks Venus and she says, without Venus, I wouldn't be this great. Absolutely. Because you had something to overcome the whole time. Mm-hmm. You had somebody to be the example for you to be and to overcome. Right. If Venus had a Serena in front of her, she would have had that um, bar to meet and exceed all the time. Absolutely. And I honestly feel that Venus, well, statistically probably proven that mm-hmm. without Serena being there, Venus would have won a lot more titles. Yeah. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how many times they met face-to-face, but it had to be like at least a, a handful of times. They're about um, 30, 30 or a little over 30, Serena's mm-hmm. leading Okay. But, you know, a lot of those matches came after Venus had gotten sick. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. Venus is a wonderful, 
player. She def definitely has a different type of intensity than Serena does. But Serena does have my heart, and she is such a beast on the court mm -hmm. as far as how I like the way she plays the game. Yep. And like you said, it swells my heart because you know I know the story. Yeah, for sure. You know I know the story. For sure, Every time for sure. they bring up Serena and Venus, I'm almost in tears. <laughs> Every time I'm like, y'all don't know. Y'all don't get it. He you got to be an advocate book. out here. He read a book and he was like, I'm going to make my daughters the number one and two players. Mm -hmm. And he did. They thought he was crazy. They didn't treat them right. right. Serena and Venus were getting paid less for just being women. Then they weren't even getting endorsements. They out here, like the whole thing was Serena and Maria. Now, granted, people and Serena is just so lovely. She's like, there's enough food at the table for all of us to eat mm -hmm. because Maria's endorsements were like doubling what Serena was getting from endorsements. Right. But Serena had beaten Maria like 18 times in a row. Yeah. The last time Maria beat Serena right. was in 2004. <laughs> so for me, I'm upset because I'm like, why isn't she getting paid as much? Right. But you know, blue eyes, blonde hair is usually the, the most marketable thing right. on the planet. She's supposed to be the one that's good at tennis because that's supposed to be a sport that she dominates. But mm -hmm. here comes Serena. And that's, again, like, it's, it's so hard because Federer definitely transcended tennis the way Tiger Woods transcended golf. Absolutely. And, but Federer's greatness was challenged a lot earlier than Serena's. Yeah, I would like, say With so Nadal, too. and then you also have Djokovic right now who can arguably be the greatest player of all time also, especially yeah, in these the next few coming years. Yep. What I've seen Djokovic do, I didn't think I would be a, see a player do anytime soon, especially after Federer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. I, I, I think I remember like the torch being passed from like Pete Sanfresh to, uh, to Federer, Fed. and then like Federer getting challenged a lot by Nadal. Yeah, um, on a clay. I don't ever think Nadal ran the whole game. Nadal never ran the whole game the way Federer ran the whole game. I mean, except and on the clay. way Djokovic, right? But you can't just be good. It's like, oh well, he's a great free throw player. He only got his free throws, okay? But he missing all the threes. He missing. He zero for eight from you know. 16 feet out, like, you can't just make all the free throws. And he is the greatest clay court player, but you can't be the greatest player of all time and mm -hmm. just dominate on one surface. Right. Now, he's very dominant on that surface. Yeah. He's probably lost less than 15 times That's his me. whole career. It just looks poetic when people play on clay when, when they do the slides and stuff. Now, it's to his disadvantage, but when tennis first started, it was played mostly on grass. Mm -hmm. And clay, and where he grew up, that's all they do. It's Europeans, crazy. they play on clay. So if they switch things around, yeah. he might have been winning everywhere, right. or everybody else would have been better on clay, mm -hmm. and he might not have won as much. There you go. Okay, so I'll ask one more: Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse? I love Bugs too. Yeah, Bugs got the swag. I, I grew up with Space Jam, right. so it's Mickey just like, for the kids, but Bugs is kind uh -huh. of for the kids, teenagers, and the adults. I see Bugs as, as more of a leader. Yeah. Mickey the leader, but it's like, oh, let's let's have fun. <laughs> 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 right, and he not getting nothing over Minnie. <clears throat> she was definitely dominant. And then the duo of Bugs and Daffy is just unmatched. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just unmatched for me. Yep. But that was fun. Thank you for playing our little um, lightning round. So, a few more things. Okay. 
you're definitely doing a lot of work in the community. So where do you want to go with that? Um, as far as like community work, I want to be an advocate for people who are looking to step into a creative lane or a creative atmosphere and have a home. Um, I think one thing we lack when we kind of age out of that high school or like teenage aspirational phase was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, there's nothing on the other side, um, whether it's like um, you go to you know, school for it, and then you come back, and it's like, uh, where all my friends go? And um, I feel like if we can really create a community that is identifiable and, and is recognizable for, like, people who aspire to do those things in the city, um, we can create a real launch pad for people who have big aspirations. That's how I felt about the, um, the theater mm -hmm. community, because <laughs> growing up, I used to always want friends that I could basically do theater with. Yeah. But instead of those friends being them, I just found theater friends. Right. I was like, oh, I don't have to make y'all sing and dance because you're horrible <laughs> anyway. But I just found people I could do that with. So now mm -hmm. it's this pool I can leave and always come back and jump into all yes. the time. Yes, absolutely. So unity in the community. Again, is there anything else coming up besides the art show? Um, we, we've been doing the, the Juneteenth brunch, uh, annually. This would be the third year we introduced it to the community. Um, basically reiterating the fact that, um, you know, our ancestors laid so much, um, foundation for us. That's something we we're looking to do this year as well. I um, unfortunately will not be here for that. Okay. I missed the one last year because I was booked with a gig and this year I am booked with a gig and mm -hmm. I'm like, well, am I just not supposed to make these meetings? <laughs> Yeah, but this is something that we're going to continue on for a long time, whether it grows to something different. Um, but uh, th having an intimate space is really um, something that can uh, birth something huge. So one thing I'm realizing is it's always not about what you know, but who you know. Yes. And I know some people who have started businesses mm -hmm. and they have sponsors. Okay. And I spoke to a guy one time who had a friend who was a sponsor. He was a millionaire. I was like, oh, that must be nice <laughs> to just be able to make that call and, you know, just drop some stats, some stacks. Yeah. So I always tell Trey to make sure you know who's around you because some, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm -hmm. And we still don't really like asking for help that much right. but the worst thing somebody can say to you is no right and then go and talk about you like a dog in the streets but who you know they can do that anyway <laughs> exactly so i just want to say to you and to other people's utilize the tools that you have around you mm -hmm. and my big thing this season is going to be the megazord find your pieces to create your perfect megazord okay and form life know, ultron yeah <laughs> Like you find that 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 good left foot, right foot, yeah, that kneecap. You know you need it all. Yeah. That way you can create the perfect team, and you're definitely doing that. You're definitely helping it push forward a lot in the city, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. Thank you. And I think that's about it. Yep. But I just definitely wanted you to know that you have definitely inspired me to push myself to elevate absolutely and i hope i'm doing the same for you because that's how who i want to 
be surrounded with. So before we end, do you want to shout out any people who have influenced you, who are inspired you currently? Um, inspirations. Uh, man, it's it's so, I I'm I be on uh, Instagram so much <laughs> as far as inspiration wise, but um, wow, that's 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 a huge one. Cause my biggest thing is finding a mentor. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. I always feel like I'm looking for a mentor and mm -hmm. I end up being it for other people. And I've came to realize that mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be one person. Right. Again, make it art. Right. Um, this person might be good at expressing this to you the way you need it. Mm -hmm. Your mentor might not be able to give you the knowledge you need the way you need it on right. every topic. Right. And I'm not saying go out there and find six mentors, mm -hmm. but there's, I definitely have a friend who is experienced with something that I want to do mm -hmm. that I can talk to because he's experiencing it right now. So he gives me a lot of advice. He's definitely helped me understand the business that I want to be in. Right. But I also have other friends who have explored a different side of the business. Mm -hmm. So me being a performer, I might not always talk to the person who is on stage. I right. can talk to the person who created the work Mm -hmm. as far as a show, lyrics. So there's always different type of people you can go to and talk to as far as be, um, looking for a mentor. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can also in, end up mentoring yourself. Like I said, <laughs> I was listening back to these. I'm going to answer a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of things that I didn't ask. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be like, oh, that makes sense for me to apply to my life. Absolutely. So just having conversations with people, that's exactly why I want to do this. I'm going to be learning so much about myself. And the show is going to improve over a course of time. It's just going to become, and for me, the, um, for it to improve or progress, it's going to be what you know makes me happy. Absolutely. Not really the reception that everyone's getting. I definitely look into that to see what people are getting from it, but mm -hmm. how it's making me feel and the progression and what it's doing for myself. Growth. So I do want to thank you so much, so very much. Continue to rise and shine. Absolutely. And grow pleasure, and do man. great work in the community. And we'll probably have you back. All right. When we, when we wrap it up for the season um, finale. Absolutely. All right, thanks. That's it. That's a wrap, people. Back it up. Skirt. <laughs>